0: Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, January 31st, 2019, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, BeantownUSA.com. On today's show, I will give you the final installment of Picks Picks for this NFL season. I'll give you my prediction for Super Bowl 53, which is this Sunday in Atlanta, and I have a handful of prop bets that I'm feeling really good about, so I'll give you that. Uh, It's a big show, the final show before Super Bowl 53, so we'll talk a lot about that, but I also have some thoughts on the latest news in the NBA trade rumor mill. There's a lot of stuff going on in the NBA with regards to trade rumors, and and the rumor mill, as you know, especially a week before the NBA trade deadline, it can get a little crazy. We talked about Anthony Davis on Monday. I will talk a little bit about Anthony Davis again today, but also Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. Is he going to L.A.? Is he going to reunite with LeBron James? I kind of teased that on Monday, too. I have some dots in all of it. So I'm going to actually open the show with a couple dots in that and then get into the Super Bowl stuff. All of it presented by betonline.ag. Sign up today at betonline.ag and use promo code podcast1 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code podcast1 for a 50% welcome bonus. Get all your prop bets in for the big game. And there are more prop bets on here than you could ever imagine. A lot of funny ones, too. So go check them out right now and place a couple bets at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, betonline.ag. Today's show is also presented by DraftKings. Play for free at draftkings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK. P-I-C, that's promo code PIC, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Today's show is also presented by IV League Hydration. Look better, feel better, and perform better by jumping on the IV. That's right, the IV, and they're right here in Boston. I know I've told you before that this IV hydration therapy is great for hangovers, but it's not just hangovers. Ivy League hydration can help you with cold and flu symptoms, jet lag before a big meeting, or even your athletic performance. I know many pro athletes who use IV hydration as part of their normal routine to perform at the highest level. They have a new store in Southie, or here's the best part, they can come to you. You don't need to go to them. They'll come to you. Check out their website, ivleaguehydrate.com. That's IvyLeagueHydrate.com to check out all of their different IV hydration packages. Or you can give them a call at 1-800-905-4252. That's 1-800-905-4252. Look better, feel better, and of course, perform better with Ivy League Hydration. Welcome to the show on this Thursday, January 31st. I am freezing right now in the studio here at Beantown, USA. I don't have any heat really in the studio. I have this little heater that I plug into the wall that warms my feet up a little bit. But when you look at your thermostat and it says 5 degrees but feels like minus 14, I'll never understand that, by the way, the feels like minus 14. Obviously, that number is coming up somewhere. It's not like somebody goes outside. They have this official person who goes outside in in the city that you're, you reading the temperature for and a number comes up on their thermostat on, right. And it says five degrees. Okay. And then that person says, actually, it kind of feels like minus 14. No, obviously the minus 14 number pops up somewhere. So why don't you just tell us it is minus 14 instead of it's five, but it feels like minus 14. If it feels like minus 14, it must be minus 14. no, well, either way, it does feel like minus 14. I am freezing in here right now. Um, I, you know, the, the window and the insulation in this studio is not great, as I've ranted about before. So, on a day like today, it just will never get warm in here. No matter how long I wait to record the podcast, no matter how long I blast this little heater on my feet, I'm just never going to get warm. So, we might as well just get right to it. But my face is, like, numb right now. Okay? My face, everything, my body is numb. I'm shivering. You, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm shivering right now. You can see that. But uh, the only thing to keep us warm, I guess, is to keep it rolling. So let's go. I'm gonna open with some NBA stuff because the trade deadline is a week from today, next Thursday. Okay, trade deadline's next Thursday, and uh, the the guy that everybody's looking at is Anthony Davis. We talked about it on Monday. He's requested a trade. He's actually been fined by the league for request, requesting this trade. right? Anthony Davis has been fined by the league. And I don't know that he's going to get moved before Thursday. Anthony Davis has another year left on his deal. He Anthony Davis is not going to be a free agent this summer. and And I think some people might see this trade request and all these trade rumors, and they might think, well, he must be a free agent this, year, this summer. No, he's not. He's got one more year left on his deal. And in fact, if he wanted to, he could have two years left because he has a player option. He's obviously not going to take the player option. But, but if the Pelicans wanted to keep Anthony Davis next season, they could. They could. He's under contract. So I don't know that Anthony Davis is going to be moved before Thursday. I do know the teams are going to try to acquire him. We've heard the Lakers are going to be aggressive. We've heard the Knicks are going to be aggressive. And the question here in Boston is, are the Celtics going to be aggressive? Well, you would like to think they should be. However, because of this Derrick Rose rule that we keep talking about, it's impossible for the Celtics to have both Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis on the same team this year while they're both under these contracts that were basically rookie max extensions, right? Kyrie Irving signed this rookie max extension and got traded to the Celtics. Anthony Davis cannot get traded to the Celtics because he's on a rookie max extension, and, and that's the Rose Rule. The Rose Rule is you cannot have, you cannot acquire two of these guys by trade. Now, if Kyrie Irving wanted to rip up his contract right now and sign a new deal. Kyrie is going to be a free agent this summer. He's going to be a free agent this summer. The reason he hasn't signed an extension with the Celtics yet, as far as we believe, is because he can make more money if he waits until this season ends. Just fine, go get your money. But is he committed to the Celtics? I think that's the is is he actually going to sign with the Celtics? I think that's the question everybody wants to ask and I think it's a fair question to ask. Well, knowing that Anthony Davis wants out of New Orleans, right? And knowing that Kyrie Irving has obviously been frustrated with some of his younger players. Some of those younger players would be getting traded in a deal for Anthony Davis. If Kyrie wanted to stick around so bad and wants to win so bad, why wouldn't he go to Danny Ainge in the next couple days with his agent and say, let's do a deal? You know, let's, let's sign a contract right now and if, if Kyrie signs a new contract right now, he's no longer under that rookie max extension. The Celtics could acquire Anthony Davis before next Thursday. Now, again, Kyrie would be leaving money on the table if he did that. But I, I do think it's a fair question to ask. Because the, when you hear all of these rumors, and you talk about Anthony Davis... And you talk about the teams that want Anthony Davis and the Rose Rule and the future of Kyrie Irving. You know, there's one guy that's out there that is like the elephant in the room. LeBron James. You know LeBron James wants to play with another all-star player. Maybe two other all-star players because that's the NBA world that we live in. The NBA world that we live in is that these guys come together and they'll do whatever it takes to come together. <laughs> they'll They'll lie. You know, people will call them frauds, but they'll do it. And LeBron James is out there. He's with the Lakers. I don't think he's happy with his team that he has right now. He obviously wants to add somebody. Who's he going to add? The obvious player that he would add is a guy who wants out of his current situation, which is Anthony Davis, in New Orleans. Now, do the Lakers have the type of trade package to acquire Anthony Davis in a vacuum? No, they don't. They don't. Other teams can offer New Orleans a better deal. The Celtics can offer New Orleans a much better deal. But we talked about what the Celtics can and can't do right now. Celtics, you know, if New Orleans wants to wait till this summer, Celtics will, have, will be one of the teams that have one of the best, best deals, the best trade packages. The Knicks will have a pretty good one, too. Right, if you who knows what draft pick the Knicks are going to have, you talk about Porzingis involved. I mean, the Knicks are going to have, you know, some some good trade packages as well. the The Lakers don't. The Lakers don't. So, the only way something could benefit the Lakers is if Anthony Davis, if if he gets the word out that that he's not going to sign extensions with any other team other than the Lakers. That's going to benefit the Lakers because then other teams are going to be hesitant to give up too much if if they don't think Anthony Davis will then be committed to them long term, like the Celtics. Like, you know, and people will go back to the Kevin Garnett stuff. Well, they acquired Garnett. Well, they had the they had the window to talk to Garnett about an extension, and he agreed to that. The Celtics could have traded traded for Garnett previously. And in fact, they tried and they almost did. They actually came to an agreement originally with Minnesota, but Garnett said, I'm not talking extension. And then the Celtics traded for Ray Allen and Garnett changed his mind and Celtics got to talk to him and then the trade was made. Celtics only made that trade because Garnett agreed to to go with the extension. I don't think the Celtics are going to give up some of their top young players for Anthony Davis this summer if Anthony Davis is not going to sign an extension with the Celtics. Why wouldn't he sign an extension with the Celtics? Again, if LeBron is recruiting him to come to the Lakers, to come to L.A. That's a real thing. LeBron is a real player in this NBA trade rumor mill. He's, he's a major player in this. You know, it's not no one on Golden State's a player because they all, they have their guys. In, in fact, Kevin Durant might, who knows, he might be leaving. He might be coming to the East. He might be going to the Knicks. I don't know. Maybe Danny Angel will be interested in Kevin Durant again. I have no idea. But there was a report that came out on Tuesday of this week, a day after I told you on this show to keep an eye out for the Kyrie Irving Los Angeles Lakers rumor. You know, I tweeted out at the beginning of the week if Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis end up with LeBron in L.A., I'm never going to watch the NBA again. I'm kidding. I will watch the NBA again. I just won't be too happy about it. All right? Um, I teased it on Monday. I said, don't... You know, I think we like to listen to certain players talk about their future and they say, oh, I, I love this place. I want to stay here. I mean, I'm only going to believe you until... If you're signed on the dotted line, I'll believe you. If you don't sign on that dotted line, I'm, I just can't believe... I'm sorry, I can't. Especially in the NBA, where you see guys jumping team to team, and do they really care about what the media thinks of them or what their former fan base thinks of them? No. Like, I heard some people tweeting this week. I seen some people tweeting, heard some people saying that if Kyrie goes to L.A. and plays, with, reunites with LeBron... He'll be the biggest fraud of all time. Well, I don't know. I mean, you're saying that now. Should he care about what people say now? And will that even affect his decision because people will call him a fraud? Oh, he won't make that move because then he'll be a fraud. Is that going to be a factor? I mean, Kevin Durant did it. Kevin Durant jumped to the team that he couldn't beat, went to Golden State. People called him a fraud at first, but then he wins. Is he a fraud now? He won. He's winning. He's winning. He's going to win again. Is he a fraud or is he a champion now? You know, Kyrie, if he does go to L.A. to play with LeBron, um, people call him a fraud at first. But you know what? They'll probably win. <laughs> They'll probably win together. And then it'll be a smart decision. It's always, at first he's a fraud, but then it's a smart decision because the rest of the league's doing it. And, uh, you know, it's it's his best chance to win. Right? It's his best chance to win. But I teased all of this on Monday's podcast. I told you on Monday to keep an eye out for the Kyrie to L.A. rumor, the Kyrie and Anthony Davis to L.A. rumor. I told you to keep an eye on that. And what happened? A day later, on Tuesday, there was a report from Bleacher Reports' Rick Bucher, who's very well connected in NBA circles. Rick Bucher reported on Tuesday... And I'm reading this directly from his story on Bleacher Report. He reported, quote, A source close to the Celtics confirmed that Kyrie Irving is genuinely interested in reuniting with his former Cavaliers teammate, LeBron James. The quote from Bukes source said, quote, That is for real. and quote. Meaning Kyrie's interest in playing with LeBron in L.A. is for real. That's for real. And um, what I'm going to tell you today, reacting to that report, is that you shouldn't be shocked. We should not be shocked by this report. Do I believe it? Of course I believe it. Of course I believe it. I've, I've tried, if there's one thing I've tried to tell you people that listen to me over the last two years, it's that I don't think Kyrie Irving and LeBron James ever hated each other to begin with, I don't think they ever disliked each other even a little bit. I don't, I don't believe that. I really don't believe that. And if you want to believe Rick Bucher's report, that Kyrie is genuinely interested in going to reunite with LeBron and playing with the Lakers and signing with the Lakers this summer. I believe that. And if you believe it, then, you know, it makes my theory that they've never disliked each other at all that much more believable, that much more realistic. And um, because think about it. I mean, think about the timeline. Think about the timeline with this. If Kyrie leaves the Celtics, signs with the Lakers, and reunites with, with LeBron, and I wrote a column in the Boston Metro this week. It's on their website, metro.us. I put the link on Twitter. I, I wrote it yesterday. If, if Kyrie leaves the Celtics to go play with LeBron in L.A., put Anthony Davis to the side for a minute. Just, just talk about Kyrie. If Kyrie does that, and and he can do it if he wants, there's there is nothing stopping him from doing that. There is literally nothing stopping Kyrie from going to L.A. He can play the rest of his season with the Celtics. Uh, he cannot answer any questions about his future, saying he's just focused on right now. He's focused on this year's playoffs that'll be coming up. He's focused on winning a championship for this team right now, and then he can take time to think about things in the summer, and then next thing you know, we get a breaking news story that Kyrie's joining LeBron in L.A. He can do whatever he wants. Nobody can stop him. If he does that, look at the timeline. Think about it for a minute. And I'm I'm trying to explain to you why you should believe this report from Rick Bucher. why we should have probably seen this coming. When Kyrie Irving, in the summer of 2017... Demanded a trade out of Cleveland. Like, think think about that. How, why? Like, why would you want... You're playing with LeBron. You've had a great run. You go to the NBA Finals every year. You won a championship in 2016. Why are you trying to escape from a group that obviously will continue to have a chance to win year in and year out? Why are you trying to get away from that? Like, isn't that concerning? Or, or, or Doesn't anybody question that? Well, the original report was from Brian Winhorst in two thousand seventeen, and the original report from ESPN's Brian Winhorst, who, by the way, is basically LeBron James's unofficial spokesperson. Can we agree to that? Whenever Winhorst has a, a report that's even related to LeBron James, you gotta think like LeBron's telling him this, right? This is coming from LeBron. At least that's how I always feel. Winhorst reported this first. And he said that Kyrie Irving demanded a trade. And I'm reading the quote from the story in 2017 right now. He demanded a trade from Cleveland because, quote, he no longer wants to play alongside LeBron James. End quote. Really? No longer wants to play alongside LeBron. It's coming from Winhorst. Now, the same Winhorst, who again is LeBron's unofficial spokesperson. In the same story, later writes that LeBron James was blindsided and disappointed by this. Really? Blindsided, disappointed, Kyrie won. They hate each other, right? And that's the narrative that was created, that these two guys don't like each other. And what was weird about that was Kyrie's first... Was it his first game with the Celtics? They played Cleveland, right? It was the Gordon Hayward ankle situation last season. After the game, Kyrie and LeBron hugging it out, daps, hugs, words of encouragement. That wasn't a that wasn't an exchange of two guys that disliked each other. Never mind, hated each other. They, that's not an. Ex- that's an exchange of two guys who actually enjoy each other's company who are actually kind of disappointed. To me, I looked at go, I said, like if you didn't tell me any of the Kyrie trade stuff and the Windhorse reports and if I just started watching basketball that night, I'd say, "Oh, those are two guys who like each other that would like to play with each other one day." Like that's how I would respond to to their post-game encounter. Kyrie, LeBron, dapping hugging. You know, tapping each other in the head. Like, that wasn't that wasn't a, a meeting between two people that didn't like each other. It wasn't. And so I was like, I was confused. By, I remember being confused by that. And it made me start to think. It's like, this something else must have happened in Cleveland. What else happened in Cleveland? It wasn't that he didn't want to play with LeBron. Who doesn't want to play with LeBron? We might sit here and hate on him because... You know, we roll our eyes at some of the things he says and does. But, I mean, he's who doesn't want to play with the best in the world? Especially when you're winning. Like, who doesn't want to do that? So, I always question that. And then they played again next last season. The next game, they, they played against each other. It was at the TD Garden in Boston. Like, in February. It was on national TV, I think. Kyrie and LeBron. Again, it was even... You know, it was hugs. It was daps. It was tapping each other in the head. It was like... Do these two guys hate each other or not? Like, (laughs) how come everybody's been trying to tell us that these two guys hate each other, but whenever they see each other, it's like they're best friends? I'm so confused by that. Well, we shouldn't be confused. Because now as you see this thing play out, you look back a couple weeks ago with Kyrie Irving just randomly tells us after the biggest win of the season against Toronto, Kyrie says, yeah, you know what? I called LeBron James on the phone and I apologized to him. I apologized for being tough to deal with as a young kid in Cleveland. I I had to apologize to him. You know, I sat here on this show and told you, I don't even understand why you're telling us that. You know, Kyrie knows he's not a stupid dude. The minute he, the minute he uses LeBron James' name in a, in a, post-game media session. You know, I mean, sirens are going to go off everywhere. It's like, what are you even talking about LeBron for? You're bringing him up out of nowhere. No no reporter was ever going to ask him about LeBron that night. Biggest one of the year over Toronto. You know, I think they snapped the three-game losing skid. They had some issues going on behind the scenes. Uh, he starts talking about LeBron and not only is he talking about LeBron, he's talking about how he called LeBron to apologize to LeBron. It's like, Huh? It, just didn't make, it didn't make sense to me. And on top of it, what he's talking about, he's basically knocking his own younger players by saying, yeah, young kids can be tough to deal with. Yeah, They can be tough. So tough that I'm seeing it now, and I have to call LeBron and apologize. Look, the timeline here is that you then get into a story that was in The Athletic at the beginning of this season, during the season, in which LeBron did a one-on-one with the Athletic, did a sit-down, and he talked about, he described the Kyrie Irving trade as, and I'm, I'm quoting from the story, as the beginning of the end for everything in Cleveland. Really. The beginning of the end. And again, LeBron had to choose to leave Cleveland. He went to L.A. But didn't LeBron always know he was going to L.A.? He always knew he was going to LA, right? He had a house a half hour from the Staples Center. He always knew that, but then he had to leave his hometown again. He already left his hometown once to go to Miami, and he came back. You know, I'm I'm coming home. Um, now he's got to leave again. He needs a reason to leave again. He needs a reason to leave again. What's that reason? He need like how? Huh? LeBron James gotta go to LA. He knows he's going to LA. Summer of 2017, I don't know maybe sitting by the pool or something sitting on a beach somewhere he's like, how do I get out of how do I how do I walk away from Cleveland and get to LA How can I leave Cleveland again and and and, and not have everybody just bullshit at me yeah, I brought a championship there I went to a couple NBA finals I made it exciting but I don't, I'm out I want to go to LA I've always wanted to go to LA. I've always wanted to play for the Lakers. Let's go. But how do I leave Cleveland? Let's see. Kyrie. Hey, you want to When you're a free agent, yeah, you ever think about playing in LA? Kyrie might be like, that would be cool. You know, I'm 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 writing a script for, you know, I'm putting together a movie right now called called Uncle Drew, right? Yeah, you know, I'm writing some scripts, like I'm I'm involved in that. LeBron's probably like, all right. Well, look. I'd like to go to L.A. too, but I can't. If you sign an extension with the Cavaliers, I can't. I can't just get up and leave. That that'll make me look like that'll make me look even worse. I need a reason to leave. So, do you want to be in Cleveland? Kyrie would say, "No, I don't really want to be in Cleveland. I'd love to go to L.A." How do we make that happen? LeBron's probably like, "Well, you got to demand a trade. You got to call right now. You got to demand that trade, and then I'm going to be devastated." Okay. And that's going to be the beginning of the end for 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 everything in Cleveland. It's going to go so bad that I have no choice but to get out of there and people can actually they can understand why I w- would want to leave. Because we just traded a young elite all-star stud point guard. Why wouldn't I why wouldn't I want to leave? Why would I stay here? Why would you trade him? And I'm going to I'm going to act bullshit, right? I'm going to tell Brian Winhorse. That I'm blindsided by this. That I'm so disappointed. Then I'm going to tell people that, you know, that was the beginning of the end. When Kyrie left, I had to get out. When they traded Kyrie, they weren't committed to winning anymore. I had to get out. Kyrie's probably like, it's a good idea. I'm going to call and demand a trade right now. I'm going to demand a trade right now. we you doing this? LeBron's like, we're doing this. Kyrie calls, demands a trade, gives a couple teams. LeBron calls Brian Windhorst. Tells him Kyrie's demanding a trade. Here are the teams he wants to go to. Um, I can't believe it. Oh, I'm blindsided by this. I'm so pissed. I can't believe this is happening right now. Um, you know, what am I going to do in Cleveland? I came back. I want them to keep these players around. I don't want them getting rid of these players. But at that point, you know, taking a step out of this imaginary conversation for a minute, Cleveland really has no had no choice. Like, they had a... like. Kyrie storms in, he wants to trade. They're like, I, we probably can get something for him right now, pretty good. Well, he's got a couple of years left on the deal. Let's do it. You know, let's do it. Let's make the move. So they trade him to the Celtics. You know, everybody here in Boston now thinks like, oh, Kyrie wants to stay. Kyrie wants to stay. But no, we should have seen this. This thing was planned from, from the beginning. So what does LeBron do? Kyrie gets traded. LeBron spends another year in Cleveland. Um, they get taken to Game 7 of the East Finals by the Celtics. LeBron, you know, they don't win at all. And he says, I'm a free agent. I can't stay. You know, the beginning of the end for everything was when they traded Kyrie. Couldn't believe it. So I can't stick around. I got to go. And I'm going to the Lakers. LeBron goes to the Lakers. Now you get Kyrie. Now you get Anthony Davis. It's a Hollywood script that we should have seen coming, right? Kyrie's involved in movies. Um, Anthony Davis, people have said that the only team Anthony Davis will sign with is the Lakers, which obviously will prevent other teams from giving up too much to just rent them for a year, a year and a half. This is something, if Kyrie goes to the Lakers, it's something that we should have seen coming. I've, I've kind of been trying to tell you that. I didn't know he'd end up in L.A. I didn't know he would actually end up reuniting with LeBron again, but I am not. I wouldn't be shocked by it based on the fact that I've never believed they hated each other. I always said to myself, there's another reason why Kyrie wanted out of Cleveland and it wasn't LeBron. What was it? You know, did, did something happen with somebody else in the organization? Did something happen in the city of Cleveland? He just needed to get out. What happened? Because it wasn't LeBron. I, I'm, I've I'm. i been convinced of that. I've been trying to tell you I've been convinced of that. What was it? I think we know now. I think we know. I think that Kyrie and LeBron James have been in cahoots since the summer of 2017 about how they can both end up in Los Angeles. And for LeBron... The only real way for him to get out of Cleveland and not looking like the worst guy in the world, not looking like the biggest fraud in the world, people like to throw that word around, is if Cleveland got rid of one of their young star players. And why would Cleveland get rid of one of their young star players? Well, that young star player would have to probably demand a trade. Uh, They plan this out. Like, this is... (laughs) This is... All part of the plan. If you asked me right now to put money on where Kyrie Irving will be playing next year, based on everything that I've broken down for you right now, what I've thought about, what I've seen with Rick Bucher's report, what I'm hearing about Anthony Davis, what I know about Kyrie Irving, which is that he's not committing to the Celtics. Again, people will say, well, why would he leave money on the table? I get it, but I, I mean, at the same time... If you got a chance to bring Anthony Davis to the Celtics, and and you could just sign a big deal right now, rip up the one you got, sign a new deal. Celtics would do that in a second with Kyrie. I'd say you want to sign a new deal right now. I'm sure they're trying to get him to do that so that they can trade for Anthony Davis right now. Because the Celtics could trade for Anthony Davis right now. There's no question about it. They could. They have the assets. They got the young kids. Now I don't want to see him trade Jason Tatum. I still think you talk about you know if you keep it Kyrie, you're moving Rozier, Jalen Brown. You got your own pick. You got the Memphis pick. Um, you know you you can still move some pieces. I mean Gordon Hayward. You you know I there's pieces the Celtics can move. They have they have more pieces than the Lakers have. More you know the Knicks right now it's questionable. You don't know what that draft pick's going to be. Uh, so they might have their best chance in, in the offseason, in the summer. But the Celtics, if they wanted to trade for Anthony Davis right now, because, with just with their assets, they could. It's just by NBA salary and CBA rules, they cannot, as, as long as Kyrie Irving is here under this contract. Now, they could trade Kyrie Irving, but again, they'd have to package young kids with him. And who knows? Danny Ainge, if he's not going to get the commitment from Kyrie right now, and he hears all this Lakers stuff, I would hope that Danny Ainge is going to use his head and entertain something. Doesn't mean you have to pull the trigger, but I'm not hanging the phone up if you call about Kyrie right now. When I see Rick Bucher reporting that Kyrie wants to run off to Los Angeles, and I see Kyrie talking about how he's apologized to LeBron after the team after the Celtics' biggest win, I see Kyrie and LeBron last year hugging it out two games that they play after the two games they played each other in the regular season. I mean. Kyrie doesn't owe. I said this this past summer. I said it this past summer. Kyrie does not owe the Celtics anything. The Celtics traded for him. The Celtics were not even on Kyrie's trade list. Kyrie doesn't owe the Celtics anything. We all here in Boston, you know, we fall in love with players. We like to do this where we're like, oh, he, he must love it here. He doesn't have to love it here. We would love for Kyrie to love it here, but he doesn't have to. And he doesn't owe anything to the Celtics. He got traded here. He didn't choose to come here. He got traded here. He chose to leave Cleveland. The question is why? What was the motive? What was the reason? The assumption was that he hated LeBron. I don't believe that assumption for a fucking second. And when I put all this stuff together, the only, the only plan that pops into my head that these guys could have for their future is that LeBron told Kyrie to demand a trade So that once they traded Kyrie, LeBron would have an easy out to get out of Cleveland for the second time. To go to L.A. And then he'd say, Kyrie, see you at the Lakers. Kyrie doesn't owe anything to the Celtics. He can leave this summer if he wants. But I told you this past summer, the Celtics don't owe anything to Kyrie. They don't owe Kyrie, you know, they don't have to hang up the phone if you ask about Kyrie. If a team calls the Celtics right now in the next week asking about Kyrie, Dean Ainge doesn't owe it to Kyrie to hang up that phone and be like, no, I would never entertain trading Kyrie Irving. Ainge doesn't owe that to Kyrie. Kyrie won't sign on the dotted line. They want him to. And they would love for Kyrie to sign on the dotted line today so that they could trade for Anthony Davis. And have a chance to win a championship right now. And in the future. For the next six to eight years. But Kyrie won't. He's not going to sign it. He's not signing it. Is it just because he's leaving money on the table? Or is it because he has other plans? You got. If you're Danny Ainge, you got seven days to figure that out. I would... I, I mean... I told you Monday, once you hear Anthony Davis wants to trade, the first thing you do if you're Danny Ainge is sit down with Kyrie. Don't tell me you know, I know he's going on radio stations here in Boston, Danny Ainge, and he's saying, Well, I talk to Kyrie every day. No, no, no. I'm not talking about talk I'm not talking about you talking to Kyrie about X's and O's in basketball. I'm talking about you talking to Kyrie and his agent in the same room having a serious conversation. You want to have a couple drinks in there? You want to order dinner? Let's go. Let's hatch this out. How are we going to make sure Kyrie's staying? Just to get a vibe. And if you're getting a vibe like... Like if you're Danny Angel and you're sitting back, right? And you're watching Kyrie and his agent. And you're just thinking to yourself. The minute they walk out of the room, you're like... He is fucking so gone out of here after the season. It's not even funny. You'll be able to get that vibe. If you get that vibe... I'm picking up the phone the minute they walk out the door. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. I'm I'm the minute that they walk out the door. That's what I'm doing. So, uh, it's Danny Ainge in a tough spot. He's in a tough spot. But when I see this Rick Bucher report that Kyrie is genuinely interested in reuniting with LeBron, one, I believe it. Two, I'm not shocked because I you know, I believe I'm not shocked because of what I told you how I feel about Kyrie and LeBron and their relationship anyways and I don't think they hate each other. Um and 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 three, you know, the Celtics have a decision to make. Do they do they risk this? Do they risk that Kyrie just says, you know what? It's been good, it's been real, it's been good. I'm not getting along with some of the younger players. Me and Brad Stevens, eh, not really feeling the Brad Stevens-Gordon-Haywood dynamic. Um, and you know what? I'm doing movies and all that. I get the Uncle Drew sequel to come out. You know, I'm writing this other script on the side. I'd love to be in LA. It's just, it's a it's a business decision. He could very well do that. If I had to put my money on it right now, based on everything I know, I think Kyrie's gone. I'm, I, I mean, I thought about, I thought Kyrie was gone when I heard all the stuff this past off season with the Knicks. That Kyrie wanted to be in New York City. He wanted to be playing at Madison Square Garden. All right, he wanted to be in the Big Apple. Well, perhaps we're seeing now that this whole time he wanted to be in L.A. with LeBron. And it was just part of the plan. Getting out of Cleveland, helping LeBron make his way out of Cleveland without being such a bad guy. And in the process, telling each other, see in L.A. In the summer of 2019. It's the way it works. It's the way it works. And anybody says, Oh, Kyrie wouldn't do that. He'd be a fraud. Eh. Not once once they start winning. And I know you could say, Well, they're in the West with Golden State. There's a couple good teams out there. You know, You got James Harden Ripping it up with Houston. Uh, You know, Westbrook's always A wild card there With Paul George in Oklahoma City. Um... You know, a couple other teams in the West, but I mean, Durant could be coming to the East. Durant could be going to the Knicks. Who knows what happens with Demarcus Cousins. He'll be a free agent. And Klay Thompson, he has the opportunity to leave as well. Klay Thompson could go to the Lakers too. (laughs) I mean, this is how the NBA works. If you're telling me that Kyrie would never do that because he'd be a fraud. I don't think he'd be paying attention to the NBA. It's not about, these guys don't care if you call him a fraud or not. Because that's just a knee-jerk reaction, using that word. Again, Kevin Durant. It's a knee-jerk reaction. Is anyone calling him a fraud now? They're calling him the best player on Golden State. they call him the best player on the best team. That is the best chance to win another championship. Right? Kyrie goes to L.A. At first, we'll call him a fraud. We'll all hate him in Boston here for a long time. Maybe for the rest of the time. But, I mean, once they stop winning, and they will, no one's going to be calling him a fraud. They're going to say he made the right decision. They're going to say he made the right decision. That's it. But if you ask me right now, is Kyrie Irving going to be a member of the Boston Celtics next year? I will, uh, What I put my money on? I hope I'm wrong. Obviously, I, I'm a huge fan of Kyrie Irving. I want him to stay long-term. I want him to sign a contract right now so that the Celtics can be involved in Anthony Davis trade rumors. But if you ask me right now, based on everything I'm hearing, if I think Kyrie's going to be a member of the Celtics next year, I'm going to say no. I'd put my money that he's a Laker. I'd put my money on Kyrie Irving being a Laker next year. I would. I would. I was almost convinced this past summer that he'd be a Nick. He would sign with the Knicks. I am... When I, I think about that conversation that LeBron and Kyrie probably had. What, you think they've hated each other? LeBron's like adding Kyrie, linking him on Snapchats and Instagram stories. I mean, really? Two guys who hated each other. What they're doing right now is they're telling all of you that you're a bunch of fools. That's what they're doing. They are rubbing it in. They're like, you bought it. You you saw us hugging it out after games last year, and you still thought we hated each other. eh uh-uh. This was part of the plan. It's a script like I wrote in the Boston Metro. It's a script that is only meant for Hollywood. This Hollywood script, we should have seen it coming. Kyrie's going to Lakers, man. I hope I'm wrong, but that's where he's going. And... This was part of the plan from the beginning. The minute Kyrie demanded a trade out of Cleveland, he knew that in the summer of 2019, he'd be meeting LeBron James with the Lakers. And now the question is, well, I think the only question is not, is is not if Kyrie's going to Lakers, is is, will Anthony Davis end up joining them there? I mean, the Pelicans might have no shot. They might have no other, they might have no shot to trade him to another team because another team might see all that and go, he's only going to sign with the Lakers. Why would we give anything up? Why would we give anything up? And and that's leverage. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, the Lakers got leverage. But that's the NBA for you, man. That is the NBA for you. So, um, we'll keep an eye on it. Anything that happens, I'll react. But we have to move on from the NBA. Because it is, we'll call it a Super Bowl Thursday. On this show, a Super Bowl Thursday. I am not in Atlanta. No Atlanta for me. Uh, I would love to one day do a show on Radio Row every day. Even if it's just a podcast. I would love to be a part of that. Um, It's too bad that I haven't been able to be a part of that. While the Patriots are going to Super Bowls. But that is not on me. Uh, You gotta get sent. You need a spot. And if you don't have a spot and you're not sent, then you're not going, (laughs) you're not making the trip, right, I don't have the money to be doing that on my own, so um, here I am, I'm still in Boston, and I'll be watching the Super Bowl from Boston, and I'll be here on Monday reacting to it all, but as we preview Super Bowl 53 in Atlanta, A 6.30 kickoff on CBS, Patriots, and the Rams. Patriots are two-and-a-half point favorite. I watched the Monday night media night. I mean, they have Monday night media night, but these guys have to talk every day. It's almost too much. It's like, what else can these guys say? Like, all right, they did the big opening night media night, and then they have to talk the very next morning in a media session. I know media night can be goofy, can be over the top, can be somewhat foolish. I get that, but there was still some newsworthy stuff. And from a Patriots perspective, everybody wants to ask, and we're going to do this every year. It's kind of annoying, but, you know, I guess if players keep feeding into it and keep leaving the door open, the questions are still going to be asked. And those questions are, are you going to return next year? Are you going to think about retirement? I mean, I didn't think we'd be talking about Devin McCourty talking about retirement, but here we are. Because he answered the question in a weird way. Devin McCourty on opening night, Monday night, media night in Atlanta, he was asked, are you going to consider retirement after the season? Now, I don't even know where that question comes from for Devin McCourty. He still has a year left on his contract next year. I, I could see if you wanted to ask it next year, like if next year, knowing it's the last year on his deal and they get to the Super Bowl and you're like, well, is you know, you, you're going to be a free agent. Are you thinking about re-signing or maybe hanging him up? Like, I can understand that. But now it's like, and it's the same thing with Gronk. At least Gronk has teased it publicly already. So that's why he's asked. And he was asked and he didn't commit. But no, I didn't expect him to commit. Gronk said, I don't know if I'm going to retire or play or what I'm going to do. He said, I don't know. I But who, did anybody expect him to commit to something either way? I didn't. And he won't. Do I think Gronk will be back next year? Yeah, I think he will. I think he will be. I think they'll convince him. I think they'll find a way to convince him. McDaniels is coming back. Belichick will be back. Brady has said he's coming back. Offensive line coach Dante Skanecchia, he said he's coming back. Running backs coach Ivan Fiers, he said he's coming back. I mean, there's Patriots that are coming back. I think they'll convince Gronk to come back. I really do. He's not going to say it, but they'll convince him. But they also asked Devin McCourty. They're like, are you going to consider retirement? Devin McCourty actually gave a a newsworthy answer where he's like, you know what? And you're like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Because I, I think if we win a Super Bowl right now, being on the same team as my brother, like, I don't think it's ever going to get better than this. And that was, you know, that was an answer to me that tells me that he is actually going to consider hanging them up if they win this game. That's a newsworthy answer. I don't like the question. I don't like how they're asked about it all the time. You know, they got one more game left and we keep, yet yeah, you know, the, the dynasty continues to roll along and yet, all anybody wants to know is, are you going to retire? Like, enough. But I guess if they keep leaving the door open, if they keep answering the question with a good answer, I guess they're going to keep asking it. And McCordy gave a good answer. He gave a newsworthy answer. He said, I don't know. If I win this game, Super Bowl with my brother, how's it going to get any better than this? Why would I keep going? And now his brother responded, I think a day or two later, Jason McCourty, said, Devin's a drama queen. (laughs) He said, Devin's a drama queen. All right, so I think ultimately McCourty's back. I think they all convince each other to come back. I think that's the way this thing works. I don't think anyone's trying to convince anybody about next season right now because they're all focused on the game. But I do think that after the game, win or lose, they will get together. They'll take some time in the offseason to rest up. You get that itch, right? You'll get that itch. You'll want to play. You know, I expect Brady to make calls. I expect Belichick to make calls. I expect McDaniels to make calls. And I know McCordy's on the defensive side of things. But, I mean, uh, I don't don't think this group is a group that's falling apart after this season. A lot of people thought they would fall apart after last season, and that didn't happen. And here they are now, back in the Super Bowl, as the favorite to win it all. So, uh, it's the hot topic. Patriots retirement stuff, but... I think I think Gronk's back. I think McCourty's back. We know Brady's back. And um, your Patriots will have another shot at this thing next year. They will. They'll have another shot at this thing next year. But uh, that really all week long, that's been a major story. I am surprised. We haven't heard a lot from former Rams players. Unless I'm missing this. We have not heard a lot from former Rams players. And I thought we would. Talking about how the Patriots would cheat—is this, that, the other thing? We have not heard a lot of that, and maybe, they, maybe they know. Maybe they understand that that would give the Patriots more fuel, add more fuel to Brady's fire, and maybe that's why they didn't do it. Maybe that's why, and that would probably be a smart thing. You know, all this talk about who's the underdog, who's the favorite. Yeah, the Patriots are a favorite in Vegas, but they—they've committed to the underdog mentality. And I've told you many times, I think, it's, I think they have every right to commit to the underdog mentality because nobody thought they would be here. Nobody thought this Patriots organization would still be going strong in 2019. Nobody did. I mean, it's, some of us did, like I did. I'm talking about national media members. You know, the people that do fuel that underdog fire. They didn't think Patriots would be here. I don't care what they tell you. And if they're telling you now that Patriots are manufacturing that stuff, it's people that are mad that they got it wrong. That's it, or people who just want attention. Like I told you on Monday, someone like Jameel Hill coming out of the woodwork, all of a sudden tweeting about how the Patriots are corny for acting like they're the underdogs. It's like, well, Jameel Hill sees the response that some of these other people are getting, and she's irrelevant right now because she's been booted off the Six O'clock Sports Center. So she feels the need to get involved, get some retweets, get some publicity on it, and and foolish me, I gave it to her. But. You know, so it's two things: it's people who are mad that they they got it wrong about the Patriots, and it's people who want to just sort of get involved and, st- and and be relevant with something around Super Bowl week. But um, that's probably the biggest story. I mean, what else you got? You know, uh, what's the, what's the intriguing storylines here entering this game? I I mean, it's really just the underdog, the favorite, like. At this point, we've, we've gone so hard on the Patriots underdog thing. You, you might want to, you know, like if you're a Rams player, like, here's the only thing that, that kind of concerns me. Like, If I'm looking for concerns, as a Patriots fan, and even as someone that uses my brain to break this game down, I'm not concerned about this. I'm not concerned about this game. But the less concerned I get, the closer we get, the more concerned I get. Does that that make sense to you? Because if I'm a Rams player or someone on the Rams coaching staff, whoever it may be, like, I'm sitting back going, nobody thinks we're winning this game. And it's true. Look, at this point, I think a lot of people think Patriots are going to win. I do. I think... You know, the reason I say they have every right to commit to the underdog card is because, really, it's a big-picture underdog card. Right? It's a big-picture underdog mentality. It's not necessarily people think Patriots are going to lose this game. No, it's that nobody thought the Patriots would be here. Nobody thought Tom Brady would still be playing at this level. Nobody thought that Belichick and Brady together would still be you know taking this dynasty to championship levels like nobody thought this would be going on so the underdog mentality i say they have every right to to have that really it's a big picture thing but for the for the right now like the one thing that concerns me is that i do think the rams like if the rams internally wanted to fire up the underdog machine like they got they got some stuff there like There isn't, I don't know anybody that thinks the Rams are going to win this game. I don't know anybody that thinks the Rams are going to win this game. And I'm sure they feel that. I'm sure they hear that. I'm sure they sense that. And I'm actually surprised, even though you had one guy on the Rams say that, you know, Brady's too old. He backtracked on that. Whatever. You know, I don't think it was that major. But I'm surprised how quiet it has been on the Rams front. Even going back to like the the former Rams players who I thought would be out in full force calling the Patriots a bunch of cheaters this week. And and I don't really hear that. Yeah, I've heard whispers of it here and there. I I don't see them out in full force like I thought they'd be. So, um, I maybe that's the one thing that concerns me about this game. But but when you match this thing up, like X's and O's wise, I mean I think the story of the the on-the-field game is experience versus inexperience. It is. It's experience versus inexperience. It's Belichick, Brady, who have all the experience in the world, versus McVay, who's 33. He's 33. Sean McVay as a head coach in the Super Bowl. Um, And Jared Goff, who's inexperienced. Todd Gurley inexperienced and you know there's a lot of inexperience there and I think you saw that inexperience in the first half of the NFC championship in New Orleans two weeks ago you saw that inexperience and, and I just there's no way that I can put money and I, I guess you know I, don't, I my tease in the pick but you know my pick I mean I'm gonna get I'm gonna give you the official picks Picks segment in a minute with a couple prop bets for you that I think you should jump all over because I think they're locks, these prop bets. But, you know, there's no way I'm putting my money against the experience in this game because it's not just general experience. It's Belichick-Brady championship experience versus the type of inexperience that I think when you go back to the NFC Championship, you look at it. I mean, they, the 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 Rams shouldn't even be in this game, right? So, it, it, it's been it's been kind of a should I say boring Super Bowl buildup. Is has it been boring to you? It's been a little boring to me. And I think that boring. I think that benefits the Rams. Actually, I do. I think it benefits the Rams because if it was exciting, I think we would have heard stuff from the Rams' side a little bit more. You know, instead you got Talib calling Gronk the best tight end in the game. Uh, talib has got a little of that Patriot Patriot blood in him. Right? He knows, right? He's got a little of that. Former Patriot himself, Talib. Um, You know, they're asking Aaron Donald about how many sacks, how many times would you like to sack Brady, and he's he goes pay, all Patriot way, Aaron Donald goes all Patriot way. And he says, you know, it's it's not about me or my stats. It's about the team and what we can do as a team in this game. Like, it's been kind of a boring couple weeks. And I think that benefits the Rams. Because we knew it wasn't going to be exciting based on things the Patriots were going to say. Even, <laughs> even though, like, they, uh, you know, the McCourty stuff with the retirement, like... These things concern me. <laughs> they concern me. Probably more than they should. But, uh, you know, when I look at the Rams, they're, they're a very talented team. Very talented team. But I think what trumps everything in this game, for me, is the experience factor. The experience factor. It, it, you know, if the Rams went into New Orleans last week and whooped them, like from the get-go, like, if they went into New Orleans, crowd noise first half, and just, you know, drove down 80-yard touchdown drive, got, a, got an interception, you know, 40-yard touchdown drive, jumped all over the Saints in their own building, I'd feel differently about the Rams. But I look at them in the first half of that game, and I saw something, and it jumped off the screen to me, and I, I actually, during that game, I said, give me the Rams, Because this is a team that Belichick will eat up, I think. Whether it's with his game plan. um, Whether it's whatever Ernie Adams is cooking up back in the lab while everybody's, you know, doing the Monday night opening night thing. I mean, think about that. Like, everybody. Like, that's that's probably the one moment all, all week long that you would think both teams are not preparing for the game. Well... (laughs) <laughs> the patriots are all at opening night media night i guarantee you ernie adams is somewhere You're cooking up something in the lab and i bet you the rams don't have an ernie adams doing that during, mon- uh, during monday night media night and and again that's the experience factor as well so uh the game cannot get here soon enough it's only thursday but man this is this is always a long two weeks that just get me to Sunday. That's where I'm at. Just get me to Sunday. And um, when we get there and whatever happens, I will break it all down on Monday, Monday morning, bright and early. Subscribe to this show. I'll react to the Super Bowl. Podcast one, iTunes, Spotify, and also on YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, I will also be putting out picks. picks. The final installment of Picks Picks. You'll be able to watch video of me giving my pick for Super Bowl 53. So we might as well get to it right now. It's it's kind of a sad, you know, I do this. It's bittersweet. Like, I love doing the Picks Picks segment. Love it. To know this is the last one, eh, it's bittersweet. But it could be worse. It could be the last one, you know, and we, I might not be able to pick the Patriots. But I am able to pick the Patriots because they're in the Super Bowl. So let's do it. Picks Picks for Super Bowl 53. Hit the music. Picks Picks for Super Bowl 53 is presented by BetOnline.ag. Sign up today at BetOnline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive partner of PODCAST1 Sportsnet. BetOnline.ag. A-G. I'm going to begin. Before I give you my Super Bowl prediction, I told you I got a couple prop bets I'm going to give you. So I'm going to begin with some prop bets. Number one, and they got some funny ones here at betonline.ag. There's, I mean, there's more prop bets than you'll even know what to do with. But go check them out. Uh, it's, it's fun to look at. Put some money on it. Number one, Brady or Goff to win the Super Bowl MVP. I'm going with yeah. I mean, this is minus 250, but in the Super Bowl, like, unless you get a defensive player who has two interceptions or a defensive tackle or linebacker that has, like, four or five sacks and a a strip sack and a fumble recovery, like, unless you're getting that, or we'll say a running back who has a big day and maybe a low-scoring affair... Usually it's a quarterback, right? Usually you're not going to give it to a wide receiver, the MVP. Because if a wide receiver is getting MVP, then, I mean, if he has the numbers to be MVP, that means somebody was throwing him the ball to get those numbers. Usually it's the guy who was throwing the ball uh, that gets the MVP. Brady or Goff, one of these two guys is going to win the MVP. I'm going, yeah, minus 250. That's one of my prep bets for the, one of the quarterbacks to get the MVP. Then I got Gisele Bunchen... Shown during the live broadcast, the over-under is one and a half. I'm taking the over, so I'm saying they're gonna show Giselle during the live broadcast twice. It's plus 120. I think they definitely saw her once. The question is, they show sure her a second time. Yeah, I think they will. You know why? Because I think that they'll be celebrating, and even if they're not celebrating, let's say I'm wrong with that, <laughs> she'll be upset. And they'll want to show her upset. They will show Giselle twice. I'm taking the over. Plus 120. Then you have, will they mention the greatest show on turf? And I put that in air quotes. Will they say greatest show on turf during the live broadcast? I'm saying yeah, for plus 150. Of course they will. They're going to talk about the rematch. They're going to say the Patriots beat the greatest show on turf. Right? They're going to say it. This is an easy bet for Tony Romo to make because he can just bet, yeah, plus 150 and make all the money he wants or tell one of his buddies to do it. He's like, hey, I'm going to say greatest show on turf. How much money you want to put on it? Look, they're going to say it. So I'm taking, yeah, they will say greatest show on turf plus 150. Speaking of Tony Romo, will he say, here we go? You know Tony Romo before snaps. He's going to say, here we go, Jim. Jim, here we go. Big play. Here we go. Third down. Here we go. Opening kickoff. Here we go, Jim. Will he say it? The over-unders, is a half. How many times he says, here we go, Tony Romo? I'm taking the over. I think he says it three times. Over-unders, is a half. He says it at least three times. Here we go. Plus 150. I'm taking Romo to use his... Um, his line of the night his line of the season his line of really his broadcasting career is here we go he will say it more than two and a half times I'm taking the over two and a half plus 150 and then the final one that I'm picking again there's a lot to pick but I just wanted to give you five wanted to give you a handful the color of liquid that's poured on the winning coach you know the Gatorade that's dumped on him what's the color gonna be? I'm going with red is it I dunno I Is it is it like a team? Like does the team get to pick? Ah, I think they're gonna go with red. Uh, there's just something about the game being in Atlanta, red Gatorade. I don't, I don't know. If there's so many colors to choose from, but red is a good. It's plus six hundred. I could see red. I'm going with red. Red Gatorade dumped on Bill Belichick plus six hundred, and that probably teases. And I, I'm not even teasing it anymore. You know who I'm picking for the game. My pick for Super Bowl 53. I am taking the New England Patriots over to LA Rams Sunday at 6.30. Again, it's in Atlanta on CBS. The over-under is 56.5. My score of this game is going to be Patriots win it 31-17, which is the under. So... It's not 56 and a half. It's not the over. I'm going with the under. I'm taking Patriots minus two and a half. And the under, the Patriots will be wearing their white robe jerseys. The Rams will be wearing their old school blue and yellows. And when I bet this game, like I always tell you, when I make bets, I bet with my head, not with my heart. I do. But in a game like this, with the Patriots involved, once again, how can I... How can I not bet with my heart just a little bit? Like, how can I not add that how I feel inside to how I feel up here between the ears? I have to add to it. And, you know, when I combine both, both my heart and my brain, it tells me that, one, the Rams shouldn't even be in this game. Rams should not be in this game. If they call pass interference on the Rams at the end of the New Orleans Rams game, In New Orleans in the NFC Championship, if they call pass interference, the Saints would have been able to run the clock down, you know, take a lead, Rams would have got the ball back with like 25 seconds left, that game is over, done, it's the Saints and the Patriots, and I don't even know who I'd pick in that game, I don't even know who I'd pick in that game, but the Rams shouldn't be here, okay, so, my brain tells me that, my heart also knows that, um... My other thing with this game is the inexperience. As I told you, I just think there's too much experience. Belichick and Brady, I am never going to put my money on McVay and Goff in this situation when Brady and Belichick are on the other side. Like, I'm just not going to do it. And you go back to that NFC Championship in the first half, you know, it wasn't just that Todd Gurley was, you know, turned into a puddle, he's dropping balls. It wasn't that Jared Goff, You know, looked like the inexperience early in that game was affecting him. It was also just from a game plan and preparation perspective, and the coaches involved in that, they weren't prepared for crowd noise in New Orleans. How are you not prepared for crowd noise in New Orleans in the biggest game of the year? Tell me that. And so, the Rams, you know, I, i feel differently if they whooped the Saints in New Orleans in the first half. They didn't. The Rams looked horrible. They looked inexperienced. They looked like they weren't ready for crowd noise. I can't take that and bet that against Belichick Brady. I just can't do it, and as I was watching that NFC Championship, I'm saying, give me the Rams. That's what we have, and since we have that, I am taking the experience over the inexperience any day of the week. Now, I think the only chance the Rams have to win this one is if, and this is obvious, we've heard it before, is if they get to Tom Brady. If they get to Tom Brady, and you could say this about any team going against any quarterback, especially with the Patriots, get to Tom Brady, the Rams have a very good chance to win. And they have some very good players. Look, the Rams, they have talent. Make no mistake, the Rams have plenty of talent. I mean, if you had to turn this, if you had to turn Madden 19 on, on whatever system you have, and you had to put this game on in the Madden, and you had to pick one of these two teams to play just based on the defenses... I think you take the Rams' defense in a video game. You know, you look at Talib, Peters, Donald, um, Ndamukong Su, you look at Fowler. I mean, they have some big names on that defense. Like, I just think they're a, a much more well-known defense from a national media perspective. With the Patriots, they have guys who are overlooked, like Stefan Gilmore. I mean, he's one of the best cornerbacks in the league, if not the best. Does he get the national publicity? No, he doesn't get the national publicity. So, I mean, make no mistake about it. The Rams have some serious players, especially on the defensive end. And we know the playmakers they have on offense. But um again, it's just this is the Patriots' third straight Super Bowl appearance. This is their fourth Super Bowl in the last five years. And I just can't bet against that. I can't. I can't do it. Um, If they're getting to Brady, they might prove me wrong. Patriots offensive line has looked great. They've been giving Brady time in the pocket. That always seems to be a turning point for the Patriots. At, at whatever point in the season, they start blocking for him and giving him time. And uh, they're giving him time right now. And if he has time on Sunday, which I think he will, I think they'll find a way to give him time. Then Tom Brady's going to have a day, and the Patriots will put up 30 points. I mean, you look at these two defenses matched up statistically during the season, it's pretty close. It really is. It's pretty close when you look at the numbers for these two defenses. But um, I think that what I can't get over once again is the trump card here, which is Bill Belichick. This is Bill Belichick's defense. It's not Matt Patricia's defense anymore. Bill Belichick, defensive group guru, defensive genius. And that's a prop as well in the game. If they mention the word genius with Bill Belichick, he is a defensive genius. He'll have the game plan ready. He's the trump card when you match these two defenses up. Him and Brady, the trump cards when you match up. Uh, the experience in this game. And on top of it, I told you the Patriots have committed to the underdog mentality. And I think they have every right to do it. Even though in Vegas, they're the favorite for this game. Yeah, they're the two and a half point favorite. But nobody thought they'd be here. Nobody thought the Patriots dynasty would still be going strong. It, the the criticisms were loud from def- going back to the Deflategate. Uh, going back to Kellerman saying Brady's falling off a cliff. Going back to... Seth Wickersham's garbage report on ESPN last year, how this dynasty was coming to an end. The middle of this season, they're all saying the Patriots are done. The Patriots heard it. It was loud, and they are using it to their advantage, and that is an awful thing for the Rams. The Patriots are winning Super Bowl 53, 31-17, and that is my final pick for the NFL season. Patriots minus two and a half over the Rams picks picks for Super Bowl 53 presented by BetOnline.ag. Sign up today at BetOnline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive partner of PODCAST1 Sportsnet, BetOnline.ag. So there you have it. Those are my picks from the props to the game and my thoughts in the game, and uh, it's just, we're done analyzing it, right? We're done analyzing this game. Let's just get to the game. Let's get to it. Sunday, and I'll be back on Monday to react to it all. Get the show at Podcast One, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available. Also, watch on YouTube. Follow me on social media. Enjoy the game. Enjoy your weekend. I am out. Talk to you on Monday.